BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Spring deals at Ross will have you saying, it's a yes for me. Say yes to trending looks like tube tops, dad shorts, and miniskirts for less than online, or vintage tees and beach shorts for a weekend getaway. With all the styles to choose from, there's a yes around every corner. Because saving money and looking good is what you do. It's a yes for you and your bank account. Hit up Ross for your certified yes for me moment. Hey, hey, and welcome to another episode of She. If this is your first time tuning in, then welcome to your very first episode. I'm thankful to have you here. And if it's not your first time tuning in, then welcome back. I would love if as you listen, you would take a second to leave a rating or review if you have not yet done that. If this podcast has blessed you in any way, I would love if you can just show us some love in the rating and review section as you listen and as we get into all that we're going to talk about today. So that said, in this episode, I want to cover some alternative phrases, some things that you can say when a loved one or a friend, family member, et cetera, is walking through a hard time or experiencing something really challenging in their life. And you find yourself in a position of not really knowing what to say, or maybe even being tempted to say some of those common phrases that we just say when you know someone's walking through a hard time. And I'm going to give you some alternatives to consider before you say, you know, the common everything happens for a reason or, you know, similar things to that. I want to offer you some alternative suggestions of responses, phrases, et cetera, that you could say that are going to be probably a lot more comforting and validating to the family member or friend of yours who probably is really just looking for a little bit of comfort knowing, you know, there's really nothing you can say to make it better, period. So when you go into a situation knowing that, you're going to feel a lot less pressure to come up with something to say to make them feel better or to fix it or to, you know, change anything. And if you can go in with that mindset of, I don't have to fix this with my words. I don't have to like get them to, I think sometimes we get uncomfortable sitting in the crap with people. Like we want to see them, you know, be strong. We want to see them, you know, overcome. We want to see them be their happy go lucky self. And when they're suddenly not, it can be really uncomfortable, especially if we don't allow ourselves to sit in the discomfort of pain very often, or we have not been invited into that or not had opportunities to do that in our past. So if it's a new experience, it can be kind of foreign. And I think a lot of times we just try to avoid pain, our our own or other people's, and we numb, we self-medicate, things like that, or we just avoid spending much time with those who are really hurting, or we say really dumb things on accident to, you know, quote unquote, try to cheer them up when in reality, it just comes across kind of callous or ignorant. And trust me, as someone who's been on the receiving end of that many times through a lot of loss that many people have never experienced and never will and do not do not just don't understand, but also probably have been on the giving end of that without even realizing it, especially before I walked through my own deep valley of suffering. You know, I, I think it can be really easy to not even realize. Like I've had to be on the receiving end and be like, do you hear yourself? You know, but to them, they think they're being helpful. So I wanted to create this episode just because I want to equip you. And I also want to give you a tool. Like if there's people in your life that have expressed, they're not sure how to support you or they're not sure what to say. Maybe this is something you could pass along if you have a healthy relationship and you feel like this might be valuable to share with those in your life who just don't know 
how to be supportive or what might be helpful to hear versus what is not so helpful to hear. So this is going to be one of those like say this, not that kind of episodes. And it's really just about small tweaks, small tweaks that you can say to common phrases, common responses, common things we say, but maybe just with a little bit more intention, you know, instead of just saying what we say, like, you know, everything happens for a reason or something like that. Shifting what you say just a little bit can communicate an entirely different message and be so much more validating for the person on the receiving end who's dealing with a lot of probably frustration, pain, emotion, you know, confusion, like a lot of different feelings and trying to sift through, you know, people trying to offer quote unquote platitudes or, you know, words to, to, to make them feel better versus just allowing them to. The biggest thing is they're going to want to feel hurt. So if you can shift how you respond and the things you say to, in a small way to really just focus on supporting them and helping them feel validated and heard and and seen, even if you don't understand or you don't get it, that is going to speak so much more to their heart. It's going to offer so much more comfort than you trying to like relate or, you know, offer perspective or act like you understand when you really don't. So anyway, or even just try to like cheer them up, right? They might not want to be cheered up. Sometimes when people are hurting, they just need to be allowed to hurt and to to work through that. And they just need to be sat with sometimes. So all of that said, we're going to get a little uncomfortable, but we're going to talk about a handful of phrases to say instead of the things we normally say, or that you might be tempted to say, or that you've probably heard people say, so that we can be a little bit more intentional and support our family and friends in a better way. You're listening to She with Jordan Lee Dooley, a personal development podcast for the everyday woman. Come invited, leave ignited. Here's your host, Jordan Lee Dooley. All right, so instead of saying the common phrase, I cannot even imagine, I can't imagine, right? Let's say someone goes through something tragic or heartbreaking and you say, oh, I can't even imagine. I think, and what I've experienced being on the receiving end of this phrase is that it's actually a little bit more comforting to hear, I can only imagine, or I can imagine. Because here's the deal. You may not want to imagine what it would be like to you know, experience what someone that you're friends with or that you love is experiencing, whether that's an illness or the loss of a loved one or something else, but you probably can imagine what that would be like. You may not be able to understand because you haven't actually experienced it. But I think sometimes when we say, I can't imagine, it's kind of like translated to, I don't even want to think about that, right? And fair enough, like who would want to think about that? But when someone is actually experiencing it, for you to say like, man, I can only imagine, or I can imagine that must be so hard. You're not saying, oh, I get it. I've been there or I get it. That is hard. But you're validating them by saying, I can imagine that is horrifying. That is traumatic. That is scary. That is so hard. Like I can imagine that is just gut-wrenching. Because you can. You, if, if, if your friend lost, let's say, a spouse or a sister or something like that, you could probably imagine how painful it might be if you lost a sibling or if you lost your spouse. And so while you don't necessarily want to sit there and like entertaining those thoughts, it just is so much more like validating to say like, I can imagine because you can, right? So it's just a small little tweak, but it shows like I'm willing to like validate and like lean into what this would even potentially be like. And I can't even begin to understand what it actually feels like, but I can imagine like how awful that is, right? So it's just a small tweak that can speak volumes and say a lot more. 
The second thing that we often say when we're trying to comfort someone, and there's nothing wrong with saying this. Again, there's nothing even really wrong with saying I can't imagine. I just think it's more accurate and even potentially a little bit more comforting to say I can't imagine. Similarly, another phrase that we often say that there's nothing wrong with, but I think there's a better way to say it, is the phrase, I'm here for you. Have you ever said that to someone? Like, I'm here for you, that kind of thing. If someone's walking through something hard or going through a breakup or maybe going through bankruptcy or something and they're just struggling in their life. If you say I'm here for you, that's nice, but I think it's even more powerful and more comforting when you say I'm here with you, right? So I'm here for you is kind of like, and this was just my own analysis. Maybe other people don't feel this way, but I remember when people would say that, especially like my husband even would say that for me or to me when I was, when we were going through pregnancy loss. And the first time he said like, I'm here for you. I was like, but I want you here with me. Like, we're in this together. I, I don't want you to, I don't want to feel like I'm just going through this by myself and you're here for me, kind of like patting me on the on my back, supporting me, even though he was an amazing support. When he would say like, I'm with you, I'm in it with you. Like it just made me feel so much less alone and less, and not like a burden. Right. So that was just my own analysis of the phrase, but I feel like it's so much more comforting when you feel so alone or so isolated in your experience to hear that someone is in it with you, it kind of communicates like I'm shouldering this burden with you. I may not feel it to the same degree you do, or I may not have the same exact experience or the same pain, but you hurting causes me to hurt or it makes me hurt to see you hurt. So we're hurting together, maybe in different ways, but I'm in it with you. I'm in the trenches with you, right? Versus I'm here for you. Like if you think about it, like if you're in the trenches of war, right? And in, in your own suffering, you're kind of in a battle of your own, right? Even if you're not in like a literal war. In the, in the trenches of war, is it more comforting to have someone send you a letter and say, like, I'm here for you, right? Like, write me if you need to hear, if you need a vent, or I'm here for you, I'm here to support you, but it's kind of more from a distance. Or is it more comforting to have someone in the trenches with you taking cover, right? So that's kind of the like the difference in those phrases. It's, it's again, a subtle, small tweak, but it communicates volumes more when you say, like, I'm in it with you and I'm with you to the end. I'm I'm in it with you through this. We're going to get through this together versus like, I'm here for you. It just feels more distant. It feels a little bit more impersonal, more cold. Not that there's anything wrong with being there for someone, but if especially if it's someone close in your life, like a close friend or a sister or even a spouse or a daughter, like to hear your parent or your mom, like say like, I'm in this with you versus I'm here for you. There's just such a deeper level of compassion and empathy. I think that comes through that. And, and, and a level that seeks to understand and shoulder the burden with someone, not necessarily fix it for them, but be willing to get into the trenches and kind of sit in the discomfort with them. Does that make sense? Like sending a casserole when someone's going through something hard is a way to be there for them. Great way to show support. And that's very appropriate in many relationships, especially if it's like a neighbor or someone you're not very close with. But showing up and sitting with them and like sitting in the discomfort of pain, whole different level, right? So obviously it depends on the relationship, but saying I'm I'm here with you versus just I'm here for you can speak volumes, obviously, again, depending on the relationship, but just keep that in mind next time you have a loved one go through something hard. Okay. Another thing uh, that I think we often do when someone is going through something hard, and I know this has happened to me many times, is we try to offer perspective by saying phrases like, at least, or have you thought about, or by sharing someone else's quote unquote, worse situation or situation we think may be worse, right? We compare what our friend or family member, et cetera, is going through to something that in our mind is more tragic. I have quite literally had people say things like, like for example, when I walked through loss of my child, I think for the second time, I was just so distraught and confused. And I had someone compare like 
my experience like, oh, but like, can you imagine if this baby was born blind? I have a friend whose baby was born blind. And I was like, are you trying to suggest that like, it's better for a baby to die than not like to not be born than to be born without sight? Do you hear yourself? You know, but in their mind, that seemed so much worse because they weren't experiencing my lived experience. They didn't know what I was really experiencing. So to them, it was like, well, you know, maybe it would be worse if they were born with, you know, some sort of disability. And I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? You know, so my point is there's this thing, this tendency to try to offer perspective of like, well, it could be worse. Well, at least they weren't born this way, or at least it wasn't this. And it's like, that's not helpful. (laughs) That basically says your story, your struggle, your pain is really not that valid because look over here at who has it worse. It's like, this isn't the struggle Olympics, right? Instead of saying, things like at least, or have you thought about, you know, looking at it this way or, you know, sharing a story of someone who seems to have it worse in your mind. Instead, just say, ah, your feelings are so valid. I hear you. I'm sorry. It is so invalidating when you try to offer perspective and compare someone's pain to another type of pain or something that you think is worse, right? Especially if you've never experienced either of them. Like, how do you know what's worse, you know? So it's not about just enabling someone to sit in their struggle forever. You don't want to be someone who enables people to just not try to move forward. But when they're so close to the epicenter of the blast, right? Like when something blows up in their face in life, when when the guy walks out, when the when the child is lost, when the job is lost, when when something just blows up in their face and it's so jarring and they're like within a few weeks or, or even a month or two of that blast, Allowing them to just vent without having to compare it to another situation and then validating their feelings by saying, your feelings are valid. You're allowed to feel that way. You're not saying everything you are thinking is 100% true, but their feelings are probably pretty valid. And in fact, if you were in that situation, you'd probably feel similar, right? So like validating their feelings without necessarily declaring them as truth can be a really helpful way to offer support, offer comfort without necessarily like perpetuating lies, if that makes sense. Because you don't want to say like, yeah, you're totally right. God's must be punishing you, right? Like, because that's probably a lie. But at the same time, I think it can be really tempting to say like, yeah, that's hard, but at least fill in the blank, right? Don't do that. Just don't do that. So instead of doing that, try to validate the feelings. Your feelings are valid. I hear you. I'm so sorry. That's so unfair. That's hard, et cetera. Okay. All right. Another thing that I think we often say when something goes wrong in someone's life, when something doesn't work out, when there's a loss, when something's painful, et cetera. Sometimes, and I think especially Christians say this because they're taking it from the perspective of like, there's a bigger plan, God's in control, there's a reason for this. And whether or not like you believe that, and I think there's validity to that, it is so painful to hear this phrase, it's for the best, or it just must not have been meant to be. Like, I'm sorry, (laughs) you know, and I think there's certain situations where this is said more and maybe I'm like taking it from my own experience, but I know like when I've lost multiple children in pregnancy, some of them I've not even shared about on social media, when people will try to say like, it just wasn't meant to be, it must not have been God's timing. It's like, okay, if a four-year-old died, like, would you say his life wasn't meant to be? Like if any, like you have, if you can't apply it to any other situation, like be very careful. Right. But I think we say this or like, if a guy cheated on you like it, or on your friend it, when they're engaged, just wasn't meant to be, maybe that's true. Like There may be truth to that. But to be told that like your marriage or your child or something precious in your life wasn't meant to be is so hurtful to hear. It's like, it's like the most unhelpful thing. So instead of saying it's for the best that you lost this person or that this relationship fell apart or that it's not meant to be that this didn't work out, instead of saying those things, 
even if they come from this idea of like God has a plan and there's a reason for all of this, instead of saying that, try saying it's not supposed to be this way because it's not. Because the reality is we live in a broken world. The reality is things go wrong that shouldn't go wrong. Babies shouldn't die. Marriages shouldn't fall apart. Hearts shouldn't get broken. People shouldn't get sick. It's not supposed to be that way. That's not how the world was originally designed, but because of sin and because we live in a broken world, unfortunately, things that were never supposed to happen, happen, right? So instead of telling someone, well, it must just not meant to be. Well, it must be for the best. There is a reason for everything. Saying those kind of phrases can be so hurtful because it's like, well, no, it should have been meant to be though. Even if it's not how it was all going to work out, it is so much more comforting to hear like, it's not supposed to be this way. This is so unfair. This is broken because it is. This sucks, you know? Again, that's another way to like validate and also acknowledge even theologically the truth. Yes, while we may all agree or while we can believe that there is a plan for everything and that there's a bigger picture at play here and we can't understand the chapters of suffering or the tragedies that happen along the way because we don't see the full picture, the reality is there should not be brokenness. But because we live in a broken world, there is. So it's just as accurate to say it's not supposed to be this way than it is to say it wasn't meant to be. You know what I mean? Like it may be true that that relationship wasn't meant to last. Like in the sense that it was never going to, that wasn't part of like the plan for your life. But in a perfect world, if there wasn't sin in the world, if we didn't live in a broken world, if we, you know, wouldn't have been separated from God in the way that we we were as humans. And once we get to eternity with God, like there will be no more divorce. There will be no more miscarriage. There will be no more, you know, breakups. There will be no more cancer. There will be no more fill in the blank. Right. So instead of saying, well, it's for the best or it wasn't meant to be. Acknowledge the reality of like, it's not supposed to be this way. And this pain, this isn't how we were meant to live. And we've got to endure it on this side of heaven. And that sucks. But it's not supposed to be this way. And it won't be this way forever. I am bursting at the seams to tell you this. Guess what is happening? We are bringing back the original, the OG soul scripts. Your brokenness is welcome here. Crew neck design. It's happening on October 3rd. I am so excited. Now, if you are new to my community and you're like, what are you talking about? I started a small Etsy shop back when I was in college and it grew into a full-blown shop. It's called Soul Scripts. If you type in Soul Scripts on Instagram, you can find it. And one of the most popular items we had back in 2016, 2017 was a crew neck sweatshirt, vintage wash, kind of slouchy fit that had a very simple typeface design that said, your brokenness is welcome here on it. We had thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of women across the country wearing those, sharing them, sharing that message. And it just exploded and it blew up. And then in 2019, I ended up taking a step back from the shop. I closed it for about a year and I reopened it in 2020. And it has been so incredible ever since, but we have not yet brought back that original design. And there's been so many women who have reached out and said, I never got a chance to grab one or I've been wearing mine for years and it's got holes in it now. Like I need a new one. So we are bringing back a handful of colors in that OG design. And we are so excited. So if you want to check it out, go to soulscripts.com, enter your email there. We'll let you know as soon as the doors open and be sure to follow our Instagram too, so that you can see the colors that are coming and everything that'll be in the collection this time around. So mark your calendar for October 3rd at 8 PM. The doors are opening and they'll only be open for five days. The doors close on Friday. So you have five days to get your order in, and then we are going to produce the items and get them out the door and into your mailbox. 
Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. With two little kids, I do most of my shopping online now, but it can be so hard to shop for things like clothes online because I never know if I'm getting good quality until it arrives. The game changer, upgrading to high quality, affordable pieces from Quince. Now I have luxury essentials that transition from one occasion to the next, and I stayed on budget. Quince has so many options to choose from, like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. One of my favorite items from Quince is the silk pajamas I got. They are so high quality, luxury pajamas, but not at a luxury price tag. And I just feel like they don't even compare to some of the other pajamas that I have bought online or that I've bought um, just at various different stores. And like, these are incredible. Indulge in affordable luxury by going to quince.com slash she for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash she to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash she. Thrive Market is a go-to for all your grocery and household essentials, and the convenience of getting everything online then quickly shipped to your doorstep is a huge time saver. Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories, and you can use their on-site filters to suit your lifestyle needs. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks, low-sugar alternatives, or gluten-free pantry essentials, you can curate your own shopping experience with just a few clicks. And when you shop Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one for one membership matching program. You join and they give. I use Thrive Market every single month. I get our dish detergent, dish soap, and various other just basic household essentials that are low-tox and non-tox ingredients, and it is the easiest way to get all of my favorite clean items sent right to my door at an affordable price, I should add. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash she for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash she. Thrivemarket.com slash she. So I just want to encourage you to like, these are just a handful of phrases. There's one other I'm going to touch on, but that one specifically, I think is one that especially well-meaning Christians just get mixed up and we can essentially communicate the same thing, but with a lot more empathy and heart, because I've been told when my kids weren't born, well, it wasn't meant to be. And I wanted to be like, how dare you tell me that my child's life was not meant to be? No, what's not supposed to happen is they're not supposed to die before me. You know what I mean? Like, let's let's get this straight, right? But because we live in a broken world, I understand that things get screwed up. So anyway, I have a strong opinion about that because I've been told crap like that many times. And so I'm 
candidly sharing with you from the receiving end of someone who's been told your children's life essentially wasn't meant to be, even though that's not probably how they were trying to say it. That's how I translated it. That can come across so painfully to someone, whether it's in that type of situation or a divorce or something else, a job opportunity, anything. Like maybe someone cheated to get the job opportunity over them or the promotion over them. That's not right, right? Why do the wicked prosper? Why do you know those who are trying to live a righteous life seem to experience the suffering while others are thriving? No problem in this area of life, whatever the area may be. And the reality is it's like, it's not supposed to be this way, but things sometimes get upside down and broken in this world. And I think we can acknowledge that. And when we do, and when we say it that way, it's so much more, it's so much more validating and comforting to somebody who's receiving it. Okay. Last phrase that I want to touch on is something we often say when someone's walking through a hard time or struggling is what can I do? Or let me know if there's something I can do, or is there any way I could help you? While that is nice, it's not that helpful. Mostly because somebody who's going through a hard time doesn't have the emotional or like mental real estate or the capacity to try to come up with something to give you to do. And really what they want to probably say is like, well, can you bring my child back? Well, can you fix this relationship? Well, can you heal my cancer? Well, can you get me my home back? Can you give me my job back? Like, no, okay, then no, there's nothing you can do. And of course they would never say that because they know you're just trying to be supportive. But the reality is there is nothing you can do. You can't fix it, right? You're not God. You don't get to like redeem things. Like that's just not how it works. So the better thing to say, instead of saying, what can I do or how can I help or what, you know, is there anything I can do for you? Instead, just offer to do something while, you know, still respecting their boundaries and give give them a very simple yes or no or a very simple choice. So for example, instead of saying, what can I do? Say something like, I'm bringing ice cream over. I can drop it off on the porch, you know, if you want, or I can give you a hug, totally up to you, but I'm bringing ice cream. Which, which flavor do you want? Chocolate or vanilla? So what this is saying is I'm willing to show up for you. I'm going to pause my life for the next 20 minutes or whatever. I'm going to drive to the store. I'm going to pick up ice cream and I'm going to show up at your house. I'd love to give you a hug, but zero pressure to do that because you may just want to be alone. And I understand, but all I need to know from you is chocolate or vanilla because people won't want to burden you. They're not going to want to say, Hey, do you think you could, you know, bring some dinner because I'm just like so overwhelmed right now or you know I just I don't know I totally forgot about it today because I've just been grieving or whatever like you just saying hey I'm picking up dinner do you guys want Italian or Jimmy John's or whatever you know do you want Italian or Chinese like giving them a simple choice and showing and saying the way you're you're willing to show up makes it so much easier for them and it's going to show that you love and support them and that you're willing to show up for them without to ha- to ask them to come up with something to give you to do because then they're going to be afraid to say like well I don't want to ask her to make dinner because that might be too much and I don't know so anyway doing something very simple like that or saying hey I'm bringing dinner this week is Monday or Tuesday better giving them a simple option versus would it be helpful if I brought dinner even that's better than what can I do because it's something more specific and it doesn't make them have to like come up with something or otherwise just say no because they don't know what's asking too much versus what's you know not enough. So giving them a very simple option like that. So let's go with the ice cream example. Let's say your friend just found out her mom was diagnosed with cancer and she is beside herself. She's overwhelmed. She doesn't even know what to do with it. And you text her and say, what can I do? Well, she's not going to know how to respond because the answer really is nothing, right? But if you say, Hey, I'm so sorry about what you're walking through or what you just found out or so sorry about your mom. I'm thinking of you. I'm praying for you. I'm picking up ice cream at the store and I want to drop it off. Which flavor do you want? Chocolate or vanilla? Right. Let's say she says, uh, chocolate sounds great. Thanks so much, friend. Right. And then you say, okay, awesome. I'll be there in 20 minutes. I'll give you a hug if you want, but no pressure. I can also just leave it outside. What do you prefer? Again, easy A or B, right? Give her a multiple choice answer. Do you want a hug? Do you not want a hug? Right. She might say, oh, I'd love a hug. It'd be great to see you for a second. Great. So that happens. 
then you're going to have a few minutes to visit with her and hear her heart. And it may come up that there's some things that she needs help with that like she's not even asking. She's just saying, oh, I got to figure out how to get the dog to the groomer and the kids to soccer practice. But my mom needs me to take her to this doctor appointment. And that's when if you have these conversations, that's when you can say, hey, I'd be happy to pick the, the dog up from the groomer for you. Get, just tell me when and the place and I'll do that or whatever. Like that's when you might get the opportunity to offer to help in other ways or bigger ways that she probably didn't even think to ask or like know to ask because she either thought it would be too much to ask or she didn't know if you'd even be available or willing. But the fact that you just said, hey, I'm bringing ice cream, chocolate or vanilla, gave her a hug. And you know, before you know it, you're hearing about all these other things she's struggling with this week. That's where you might be able to offer another hand or another way to help if it works for you. And, and she might just say, leave it on the porch. I just, I'm not in the mood for company. And that's totally fine too. You've still shown up for her and made it really easy to show her a little bit of support knowing you can't fix it. So anyway, instead of asking this open-ended question of, is there anything I can do for you? Or what can I do? Just say, here's what I'm doing. Which option sounds better? And then, you know, obviously give her or, the, or them or whoever it might be their space if they don't necessarily want company, but they might want company and they might just be thankful that you were just willing to be like, I'm showing up. Like we had a loss and one of our losses, we were just like so shocked and we went up to my parents for a couple of days and then our friends from like eight hours away, okay, another city, they texted Matt and they were like, hey, we're in Indy, just letting you know, you don't have to see us. We're dropping off flowers. And she dropped off like flowers and a bottle of wine or something and a note. And she's like, and we're around if you want to hug. If not, we're happy to head back home. They drove eight hours, which I'm not saying is like something you need to do if you don't live local to someone. But that was something where they were like, we're just showing up. She didn't even ask me. She didn't say, do you want visitors? Because of course I wasn't going to be like, yeah, I expect you to drive eight hours to come sit in this sorrow with me. You know, I would have been like, oh my gosh, no, I wouldn't have said yes because I wouldn't want her to feel like this burden. Right. But she just decided they just called up their family in the car, showed up at my house and spent, you know, time in my hometown with no expectations that we'd even see them. And it was so like, wow. And then I actually wanted to see them because I was like, I actually could use like a change of pace. It feels really like lonely and quiet in my house. So they came over, we played games, we made margaritas. It was like the most healing thing. And they had just shown up. I mean, more so than anybody that was even local. And it was like the most surprising, sweet thing. And so I think it can be really easy to want to like keep our distance when someone's going through something hard. And I'm not saying you should like barge in on them or like show up unannounced or anything like that. But just being in proximity and being available, I think is what that taught me is like, wow, they just made themselves available. No pressure on me. If I just said like, I really don't want company, they would have just hung out and spent some time in our city and then drove home. Like there was no pressure on me, but it ended up being a huge blessing. And so Again, obviously, that's not a very realistic thing for most people, especially if you work nine to five. But the point is, if you just show up for someone in a simple way with zero pressure or obligation on them to visit or spend time or anything like that, you might find that that is the most helpful thing you can do versus trying to like wait until they come up with something for you to do. So all of that said, those are a handful of phrases to avoid. So instead of saying, I can't imagine, say, I can't imagine. Instead of saying, I'm here for you, say, I'm here with you. Instead of saying, at least, or offering perspective by you know telling someone else's story that seems to have it worse, just say, your feelings are valid. This sucks. I'm so sorry. Right? Validate their feelings. Instead of saying, well, it's for the best, or it wasn't meant to be, or everything happens for a reason, those kind of all are interchangeable in my mind. Instead, say, it's not supposed to be this way. This is broken. This is not how it's supposed to be. I'm so sorry, right? Because it's not supposed to be that way. And instead of asking, 
what can I do or how can I help or is there anything I can do for you? Instead, just offer a simple thing that you, a simple way you're going to show up and make it a really easy yes or no or A or B type choice. Just show up in whatever way you can without invading their space and make it really easy for them to choose Chinese or Italian food, chocolate or vanilla ice cream, right? X, Y, or Z. Like make it easy for them to pick an option versus come up with some open-ended answer for what you might be able to do to help them because ultimately you can't fix it. So that is my list of five things to say instead of some of the things we just commonly say. And I think this is going to speak volumes and just be a little bit more comforting to, it just shows a little bit more empathy, a little bit more thoughtfulness and a little bit more education. You know, I think sometimes we just don't know what to say in certain situations because we're ignorant about them. We haven't experienced them. We have no idea what it's like to suddenly have a child that's paralyzed or to lose a child in pregnancy or to go through a divorce or to get a cancer diagnosis or to have a guy cheat on you or whatever it might be, right? Like there's certain experiences in life that we all haven't had. So when we're clueless, sometimes we just say dumb things or we say cliche things that are kind, but also not always very helpful. So I want to equip you with this understanding of like, hey, just this small tweak can actually be a lot more helpful or can actually be a lot more comforting or a lot more validating to the person in your life. And it won't come across as so like thoughtless or distant or in, or even maybe ignorant or unhelpful. So Hopefully this is helpful. I know I kind of ranted there a little bit, but you can probably tell I've been on the receiving end of some dumb comments or something. And there's a lot that I haven't shared, obviously. But you know, it, it's tough when you're on the receiving end when you're like, I know that you're just trying to support me, but you're not, you're actually making it worse, you know. And then it's so frustrating for the person who is in the pain in the situation where they're in pain and they and you're trying to support them because in some ways, like they might want to distance themselves because some of the things that you're saying are actually not very helpful. But they don't want to distance themselves because you know they know you're trying to support them. So this is why I want you to be more aware and just kind of be equipped and and armed with a few things that you can say. And I even catch myself now, like having after having walked through a lot of suffering in the last few years, I catch myself like when I'm texting with someone who's telling me about something that they're going through or something that's hard for them, I catch myself just rereading my text before I send them because I even naturally sometimes say the things that we culturally say like, oh, I can totally understand that. And then I'm like, no, I can't. I can't totally, I can't understand that at all. Maybe I need to say like, I don't understand what you're going through, but man, that sounds really tough. And I hate that for you. Like I have to rethink even just because there's these things that are just programmed into our brain to say, thinking we're being supportive or thinking it's helpful. But sometimes it's actually like, man, we could probably say that in a better way that would actually be more accurate or make more sense. So I find myself being a little bit more thoughtful about that now. And I just want you to be able to do that as well and not necessarily be like the words police. Like it's better for you to show up and say the wrong thing than not show up at all. But at the same time, if you know a few things that you can tweak or say a little bit differently or just be aware of how it might come across, it's going to help you be a much better support, a much better friend and really be able to love on your people well. So that's what I'm going to leave you with. Thank you for listening to this Say This, Not That episode. I pray that this was helpful for you. And if it was, I'd love if you'd take a screenshot, share it on your Instagram story and tell me which phrase you are going to tweak or which one you might stop saying or start saying differently based on what you learned here. All right. I'll see you in the next episode. Thanks for tuning in. I'd love to hear from you. It makes me so happy to see you tuning into this show. So if you're on Instagram, let me know what your favorite part of the show was by taking a screenshot of the episode you've tuned into and share it on your story. Tag me at Jordan Lee Dooley and tell me what your favorite quote or takeaway from today's show was so that I can see what's helping you and even feature what you share. This keeps me inspired and encouraged to keep creating new content. And it's a great way to share something that your friends might love too. 
I can't wait to see you in Instagram world, my friend. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about the She Podcast or to get involved in Jordan's growing community, visit jordanleedooley.com. Thanks for joining in today. Until next time, remain committed to intentional choices that refine your heart, faith, health, and work because your story is much too important to settle for anything less. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.